0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What is up? Oh man, do I pick the right games? do a post um it's so much more fun uh after a, a win like that um clearly uh there's some room for improvement but uh oh, holy hell that was another fun one um yeah so red wings uh go over on uh go over like we're talking pro wrestling uh red wings beat the vancouver canucks um three to one uh this was clearly the uh the thomas grace show uh, this, was, this was a beaut. This was uh, everything that uh, I think we saw at the end of, of last season for Grice as well. Um, couldn't couldn't be happier with the uh, with how this turned out for Grice. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, like you've got to look at this, and we've immediately got to start trying to figure out what what is going wrong here with two straight games, especially in the third period of just being completely. Uh, dominated from an attempts perspective, but uh, before we get into all that, of course, uh, reminder here: this is a Red Wings rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Oh, right, and this is uh, uh, this going to be an attachment to uh, episode 175 that'll be out on Monday. Uh, man, it's going to be a little busy, me, man. Uh, a little busy uh, tomorrow, the old, uh, the old birthday. Um, Any Uh <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to have some fun tonight, though. Um, let, let's throw the, the first uh, little bit here, uh, if you guys want to throw in the comments. Um, you know, I, I guess after these first two games, um, you know, who are you most excited about? I, I think Grice could definitely be on that list. Uh, Bert should be on that list. Uh, there's a couple of guys... Uh I mean could, do you want to be excited about the fact that Giovanni Smith is just ready to step up at any time Rasmussen seems ready to go as well um do you love that uh, Moritz Sider is getting uh, a lot of production out there we're we're seeing him pop up on the stat sheet how about that uh but you you guys let me know what you're thinking in in that regard and and we'll pop in there every now and then to to talk about it a little bit there but um Yeah. If we, if we jump into this conversation here, I I pulled up quite a few different spots that I wanted to make sure I touched on today. Uh, So we'll, we'll go over a couple of things that I have planned, but of course at any time, throw in, uh, throw in the comments, uh, what you're thinking for who you're most impressed with over these uh, first two games as we get through, I'm going to say we got, we get through the first week, right? Uh, So we, we, I'm talking Monday to Sunday. I know we're only two games in and, we started the season on Thursday and it's, it's, uh, you know, getting to Saturday night, but I'm calling it the first week. Uh, we're going to walk away with, uh, 75% of the points we could have gotten have potential four points. We walk away with three. It's uh that's a winning record. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm taking some liberties here, but that's, that's a winning record for this team. Uh, I'll tell you who's also winning today, Tristan, before we even started the show, uh, <laughs> was calling shots uh, for goals. Uh, Tristan, I hope you join us uh, at some point, but uh, he, he he messaged this a while ago. Colin uh, uh, Fabry and Zadina scoring today. He's uh, he's super pumped for Zadina. Like I said, I'm asking for you guys to let me know who you're excited about after these first two games. Um, maybe Zadina and that slapper. That could definitely be on that list. So let me know what you're thinking there. But um, <clears throat> yeah, if we start rolling through this, uh, if you guys want to take, you know, just want to take a look at the Vancouver game. Um, you know, there's only so much we can really say about, about Grice, uh, right. Cause we're all, we're all just floored with it. Um, I'm looking right now at evolving hockey and, uh, maybe I'll let you guys take a peek at this too. Uh, but what, what I'm looking at with evolving hockey is, is just everything you can pull from, uh, from today's. Today's game is just like those quick looks. So you know, there, there's more to come. There's more we can dissect. But uh, for right now, if you're taking a look at Grice, um, this is this 2.83 goals saved above expected, which uh, I think I can highlight right here for you guys. Um, this is just blowing my mind. Like it, it's one thing to come away with, uh, you know. Heck of a save percentage, but this is this is something too where where Grice is really just I mean above and beyond what you want to see from from your goaltender uh, coming uh, almost the exact opposite you know in the in the negative uh, for Nedeljkovic and uh, you know we'll get into into game one and Mark Stahl calling off Nedeljkovic and goals going in behind him you know we can have that conversation too but um, it's still you know we're talking the advanced analytics we're talking about how much the shots on net say should be going in and how many they're giving up. And Grice is beating it uh, in the positive 2.83. And of course, like I said, Nadalkovich went uh, in the other direction. So I'm not I don't, I'm going to be the guy that's going to sit here and take a dump on Nadelkovic because I thought that first game, first period, I tweeted out he was our first star. Uh, and like I said, I think there were a lot of miscommunications. Your team's tired. You lose Dylan Larkin. Um, things weren't going to go as great as they possibly could. So I I'm given a pretty lengthy leash here on Nadelkovic in that that first game still stat's a stat. That's where we're sitting right now. Just to kind of gush a little bit uh more on Grice is where I'm coming from. It's just that he he goes in the complete opposite direction on that on that stat. And that that's it's just it's fun to start with that one. So good on Grice don't want to rag on Nadalkovich on in that first game. Um, just saying to for comparison's sake, if you guys need context of how that statistic works, you've got Nadalkovich going deep in the negative Grice, uh, Super positive. All right. So you guys jump it in the comments. Finally, here we go. Um, Fehtar, Cider has looked beyond his years, 100 percent I love it. Cider would be on my list. What are we or what are we looking at right now? Three points so far for Cider? What kid like it's not even about the points i mean think about the minutes too that uh he's already become the guy that you need to have on the ice and can we also talk about that uh i mean Heronic, it's one thing that he wanted to beat the shit out of everybody tonight on vancouver um especially garland but um how about cider taking some of the load off of Heronic and possibly giving an opportunity for him to focus on development and not just be completely stretched and pulled as uh you know what's the old lord of the rings uh turn a phrase there he's like uh not enough butter scraped over too much bread and uh that could ruin a guy uh, especially at heronics age so this this is this is good and maybe cider maybe he doesn't need as many minutes but i mean there's there's another positive to him taking all those minutes so i i absolutely love fat Dar. you're jumping in with cider um Tristan, coming in with the thing, I was going to pat myself on the back because I felt like an asshole a couple of episodes ago. And I'll explain. Tristan, our power play looks lethal, especially when we get Larks and Verana. Uh, We're set. That is a huge point. Um, I I don't know how many times I've been watching this team over the last two games. And either I've looked over at my brother, I've looked over at my wife, uh, spoke with my dad today. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Can you imagine? We get Larkin and Verona back. Uh, this is going to be something that is legit, right? Like, I, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to go too deep into hyperbole. Uh, you don't want to turn yourself into, you know, you don't want to throw yourself under the bus, look like look like an asshole. But uh, I mean, it doesn't look terrible, and we're missing arguably two of our best forwards, right? So, Tristan, amazing point. I'm patting myself on the back. Because that was one of my, um, I, I probably overdid it. I think what I wanted to say, and I'm not going to take it back, but I think what I wanted to say was just that we were going to be in the top half of the league with uh, with the power play. And I went top 5%, or I'm sorry, uh, top 5. And I, I just certainly felt like an asshole in retrospect. But, um, I mean, it's not to say we're not on our way right now. So, so I, I get to just sit there and kind of, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little happy. I'm going to pray that it keeps going in the right direction. I'm not going to pull back because uh, that would be awful if I took away that bet and then it turned out to be that way. I don't think it will. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited. All right. Soap dish. Uh, nobody's dropped the gloves yet. Um, well, I mean, we did see Larkin throw him down on the ice um, in that first game. Uh, am I right? Uh, and I, I, you know what? We also had, uh, we did have a scuffle in the in the first game because I, I got it on video. So I, I, um, uh, <clears throat> I don't think, I don't think we, we, we've seen like the, the fisticuffs going up and we're going, uh, you know, like old timey pro wrestling kind of thing. Two guys with handlebar mustaches yet. But I mean, the scrappiness is there. The, uh, I think what we're, we're upset about with that has got to be the refs, right? So, uh, discussing that with, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Friend of the show, Jesse. Uh, you guys can find him on Twitter. He's uh, JC Lyst uh, twenty three on Twitter. He uh, he was making that point as well, where it's just like, what? Why not just let these guys go at it? And then I had the thought, like, the the longer they wait to let these guys just do. A legit, like this is the fight that's going to end this bullshit. The more they let that stuff go, the more there's going to be sticks flying, like we saw, like Heronik throwing them down. Um, there's uh, Fabry was the one who took uh, who took a slash there that uh, thankfully didn't get call on uh, on Garland at one point. That that kind of stuff's just going to keep happening until the rest let these guys just you know break some jaws and. I think I've been uh, pretty vocal at different points since the show's uh, come in, come on that um, you know I'm one that if fighting goes away, I think that's better for every hockey player's brain. But until this game stop stops pretending that there is a secondary way to um, infuse justice into the game, which would be letting these guys fight like they they have that it's always in the back of everyone's mind. And it's certainly something that I think the game itself and the referees toy with, but it, it's just, it's weird because they, they act like it's fine. They act like this is part of the game. And then tonight Detroit trying to get some fights going and the refs just kept getting in the way. So I'm, I'm going to say that, that we wanted to see, uh, we wanted to see fist flying and that, that I would put the officials as, as the main blame on that one. Um, It's just, it can get worse. And once, you know, if you're going to define that as part of the game, that's one of the rules, um, and you don't let it happen, it's going to build up frustration, um, and I don't know if it's just going to be more of the chippy stuff, or eventually it's just going to get out of hand, and you see, like, a real... Injury that's going to keep a guy out for an entire season because these guys are just trying to throw each other's bodies around and they're not allowed to do the thing that you're supposed to in hockey supposed to be allowed to do, which is fighting. So, um, uh, great, great point there, Soap Dish. Um, and you guys have uh giant comments here, so I, I hate for there to be any silence during this, but. <laughs> this this might take a while uh Tristan Grice and Ned it's gonna be a sweet tandem I yeah uh th- that's another one I can pat myself on the back for was I was just I I really thought coming into this that we were gonna see more Grice from the second half and it's one game so I'm just gonna sit here and try and take the victory now before it, it gets out of hand and goes the other direction so yeah good on me right all right um <laughs> Callen, uh, Callen says De Kaiser and Aronik is not a sweet tandem. Um, I, you know, De Kaiser looked pretty great in the preseason. I I'm yet to take a deep dive into Kaiser so far. Uh, but like, I mean, I could take a look at his expected goals for tonight and it's not great. And it wasn't great. Uh, it hasn't been great in the entire season so far. So I, I haven't taken the time to really study De Kaiser, but whatever he was doing in the preseason certainly hasn't transitioned. Um, all right, let's pull up, let's pull up some of these long comments here. Fat there. Uh to be fair, uh Ned did have uh you did have to play Tampa <laughs> rather than Vancouver. Yeah, so going back to the uh wow, shoot, yeah, I, I really let this get out of hand. Um <laughs> how many comments I got in here and Sorry guys. Uh yeah, I, I guess I guess I made um I made the point too. Like I, I do want to make sure, you know, Nadelkovich's numbers are gonna reflect, I think, a bad game defensively and not necessarily on Nadelkovich. but um very similar uh game played uh from an analytical perspective for chances and uh attempts thrown at the net and Grice is just gonna come out all glowy and beautiful so I I think um I think it's it's tough because it, I'm certainly talking out of both sides of my mouth when it comes to that statistic. I'm saying that when it's negative, we blame it on the defense. And when it's positive, we pat the goalie on the back. But I think it's pretty clear, like when you watch that game, you saw Nadelkovich play great in that first period. And as things started to break down, and um, I'm sorry, Feftar, uh, as you pointed out, I mean, it's Tampa Bay. So the talent level at some point is going to get the best of you. You, you are playing a team that can certainly roll four lines that are going to be better than your four lines. And the best you could do is hope for what Bertuzzi did. And I think he shot, um, or I think as a team too, we shot like 25%. So yeah, if you're shooting 25%, you're, you're gonna, it's gonna look good. Right. Uh, but then, like I said, the chances of the attempts were just way out of hand and Tampa really, you know, they took it to us and, and not, not to forget the fact that uh, the refs, while well, they fucked us tonight and not letting us drop the gloves, uh, we got fucked in that first game um, in so many different ways, and I'm sure there's a point where we all need to talk about that as well. And uh, maybe that's that time, right? Um, but, yeah, just keep rolling down here. I just got to keep looking at these, uh, these comments. Uh, Tristan, uh, Vancouver didn't look too special. Uh, Was happy to see Blash getting irate after Zadina's head check. Uh, He's more involved than people think. He stands up for these guys. Tristan, thank you so much for saying that because I need other people to say it. I I I really do think it's a losing battle to get behind Blashel or to or to try to defend him because he is going. It is just going to look bad because this team, talent wise, has been you know so bottom of the barrel uh, for so long. And how do you argue, you know, that win percentage uh, over the last couple of years? But yeah, I, I really do think this guy's not, he's not how he's painted, right? He's painted as a doofus. Um, and I think, you know, one of the major strikes against him is is the line shuffling. But I also think he's trying to make things work on a team that he knows is is struggling. And it, it's it's this game where he's trying to keep his job. Uh, He's trying to earn the next job because I think we, even as much as I will defend him, uh, we know he's gone eventually. Like he's not the guy that's winning this cup for this team. So he's got to start, you know, game planning for that next step. And he's got to be able to show evidence that he was trying anything he could to find chemistry, to find wins. And I think that that might be something he could come back to and say, look, we all knew where the talent was uh, for this team. And uh, I had to find some way to make it work. So I I think there's that defense with it as well. Um, I also am one of the guys that says uh, coaches, the margin of a great coach and a bad coach, uh, maybe the absolute best coach and the absolute worst coach. There is a sizable margin. But for most coaches, I think if there was some way we could measure it probably razor thin. And a lot of it's going to depend on what, uh, you know, what is the, what is the goals against <laughs> look like? How do the goaltenders perform at the end of the season is sometimes uh, how that works out. But I'll just say, I, I think he gets a bad rap when the timing isn't right for it. I, I, I think that we, we certainly have to wait. Like you couldn't properly say the guy is awful until he's got a Stanley cup caliber team and can't get the job done. Cause I, I will say this point till the show runs its last episode. People were talking about John Cooper coming to Detroit before he won two straight cups <laughs> because he hadn't done it with Tampa yet. And now it's like, well, yeah, he's just set for life down there. So he never, and it's, it's because the two cups are there. So I'm just saying like at some point the story the narrative could could completely flip and it's it's sort of just timing on all that kind of stuff. I'm not sitting here telling you Jeff Blaschel is a Stanley Cup winning coach. I'm telling you that probably a majority of the coaches don't necessarily ever earn that, but they win the cups nonetheless. Is that bad? <laughs> all right. Um this is this is where I, I think uh maybe the eyes drop on the <laughs> <laughs> on this episode. All right, guys, there's a lot of comments here. I'm going to scroll down to uh, a little bit closer to where where I was talking here. Uh oh, we got an argument going in the con, uh comments. So, I'm glad that's going on. Maybe I can I can jump into a couple of these points that I was uh was hoping to bring up today uh because one of the guys that uh as far as I can tell, I'm going to take a quick peek through the comments here. All right, cool. I get to do it. So, nobody else brought this boy up. Um I'm going to do it. You you guys are going to wait here for a second while I pull up the, our, our statistics so far through two games on, uh, on evolving hockey. It's um it's the guy that I would say I'm most surprised to see it's he's, he's playing as well based on the advanced analytics as he is. And maybe some of you can guess already. It's uh, it's Gustav Lindstrom. um, and through two games, we're looking at a guy who's second on the team right now and expected uh, expect, expected goals for percentage. Um, actually, you know what? I got to pull up a different one here. This is, uh, you yeah, know, just give me a second. This is how this goes when Matt's just doing this live and he doesn't have a brother to uh, to actually make comments. So he's pulling this stuff up. But it's just going to take a second. Matt's still got the stats. He He looked it up before he started talking. There it is. <laughs> natural stat trick not evolving hockey uh has the two games listed here um so i was wrong what i just said a second ago he's in the top two no he's number one on the team and expected goals for percentage now um i did a quick asterisk here just looking at evolving hockey i switched over to natural stat trick these guys are not calculating these things the same way you kind of just pick the one uh that you think uh I don't, the one you can trust a little bit more so here we are uh, with natural stat trick. Always got to mention that uh, where you're getting these stats from because they do calculate these models a little bit differently everywhere you go. Uh, so here's here's the thing with good stuff. Um, primarily not going in against uh, your opponent's top line, uh, but here's here's the thing. Even with that being said, that that does mean that you could associate the bottom pair with possibly playing with uh, the lower, you know, the bottom six forwards. But when you take a look at this, and we could we could sort this by expected goals for per 60, but I'll tell you guys right now, he's second on the team uh, for production, and first for all defensemen, second to an injured Dylan Larkin, who's only got a period and a half on his stats. So really, you can make the argument he's sitting nice and sweet and safe at the top of this list. Uh, and then if you pull the expected goals against per 60, my man. Is also first on the team. This is just something for me that I, I noticed um he when I was watching the first game. So I actually got the opportunity to watch uh from from LCA. I was able to do whatever I wanted, of course. You know, you don't you're not subject to what the uh the camera forces you to watch, but um Lindstrom does a tremendous job of one correcting Mark Stahl. Uh, which is hilarious because of the age gap there, but um, like fixing his mistakes and Lindstrom is doing a tremendous job. I think of being in the right space at the right time. And he's also making a great uh, choice of when to be aggressive and when not to be. Um, The guy had time on Kucherov on the penalty. Oh, that's the other thing. I haven't even brought it up yet. My man today. Best expected goals against per 60 on the PK today. Best on the team gets those PK minutes. Um, I think for a defenseman, um, maybe he was fourth on the team in minutes. So that's why you got to make sure you go to those per 60, uh, side of things. And, um, yeah, basically he was our most efficient defenseman. I, I, I think that might be the best way from an analytics perspective to measure your PK guys, because, uh, you don't want to look at expected goals for a percentage. I just think that gets other things mixed in there that aren't going to matter. So you look at the expected goals against per 60 because um, you've you've got what they're allowing from a chance perspective. It is, a, is the potential for goal going up while they're on the ice? Take that per 60 so it doesn't matter how many minutes he's playing. Uh, they're all at that same level. And, and when you're doing that through the PK, I mean, you could get guys when they're having a really bad game. I mean, that expected goals against per uh, 60 could hit 20. Uh, but, in a, you know, of course you're shorthanded. So that's that's the case. But um, what we saw Gustav uh, at with leading the team was, was at a nice squeak clean five. And again, it's the penalty kill. So you're going to see some juicy chances out there. But he was certainly limiting things uh, no matter who he was playing with. So, I mean, my man... My man is somebody that I said in the off season, I needed to make sure we kept Troy Stetcher after that expansion draft. And I think I just sort of mentioned like I'd keep Gustav instead of Chalowski, but Gustav is, you know, despite him being a third pair defenseman, he's playing well on the penalty kill. Like we see here when he's got those opportunities He's stifling chances and also ensuring that, uh, you know, he, he's not ruining opportunities for the offense to uh, to put something on the net. And that that's kind of how you could look at this uh, expected goals for per 60 number as well. Uh, that number could certainly be lower and he'd still be doing pretty good from an expected goals for percentage, but uh, he's doing both uh, very well. And uh, I, I think that's something as you guys go through these games and uh, you're, you're looking for somebody who you want to track, I think Gustav should be number one on the list right now because, uh, uh, you know, everybody's going to have a, a view of Cider or, or Raymond, uh, Valley Sports is going to take care of that. So you keep your eye on Lindstrom so you can see this guy going down, blocking shots when he needs to. Just like, he's just making that defensive side of the game look so natural and smooth and uh I'm a fan of it right now it's just something that uh as me and my brother were watching that game on uh, Tampa we both just remarked on accident almost back to back like man good stuff looks really solid today and it's you know again we're not painting him as uh you know th- this is a for sure Norris guy in the future it's just looks like a solid defenseman that um I mean as you could tell so far isn't isn't hurting us uh, to the extent that, you know, minutes need to be cut. Somebody else needs to step in on the bottom pair Uh, beat writers for uh, Vancouver who are trying to make a story out of Troy Stetcher being scratched while he's playing Vancouver. That thing is so far, like not a story. Uh, I can't believe that guy actually wrote that today, but um, the important thing is that Gustav has this role right now. He's in the bottom pair and he's not just earning it. I mean, he he's playing himself into a role here that uh, th- this could turn into something where we we want to lock up something that will certainly be an affordable contract. But, um, you know, if this if this kind of play continues, um, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about something long term that uh, gets built through the system, gets developed through the system. And I'm I'm excited about it. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, uh, I have uh, left you guys hanging again in the comments. Um, Tristan, I raved about Lindstrom on Reddit today. He's so good. It was in all caps. Um, best eyes for the game on our back end. Uh, next decider. The guy makes breakout and stretch passes perfectly. Oh, that's. I'm so glad you brought that up too, Tristan. I, the guy, like the, that's one of the things too. Like um, getting getting those breakout passes, and actually, the, his transition game is has been helping us so much, and that's why those expected goals against per 60 are so low because it's not about continuous chances. And I, again, when I talk about his selective aggressiveness too, that's where he's also stifling those chances where, where you would see that expected goals against per 60 number goal up, the expected goal opportunity would go up because he is giving up a, a better looking shot, but he's selectively, um, Going up to to the forward, you know, right before the big play is about to be made, and I I think again that that's something I think y'all should be paying attention to. And when he does make that aggressive play, he's getting the puck out of the zone. Thank you, Tristan, for bringing that up. That that's a plus. Good job, Tristan. <laughs> uh, we need a number one left D after this season. Tristan goes on. Uh, I'll scour the free agents list, uh, trade targets, and uh finalist uh, for the next video i thank you tristan um you know if you, if you guys aren't paying attention yet if you you just check out simon edmondson um i'm not saying he's he's ready to go uh next season but uh, goddamn uh fuck that looks good uh yeah i, I don't know if we're talking about a uh <laughs> a number one uh pairing defenseman next year but uh I I absolutely think he's playing well enough that we are going to see a good chunk at Evanson. And and if we're patient, uh, you know, maybe we set something up short term next year, Tristan. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be an asshole right now. That's right. I'm going to bring up NHL 22 Matt, uh, simulated the first season so he can start playing that free agent game. Um, I think I cheated though. I think, uh, I think I did something that, that we couldn't even do right now, but, uh, I brought in, uh, Dahan, uh, to help out on, on the left side. Um, and I did, yeah, that, that was my first free agent signing. Uh, my forwards it's, it's disgusting. Uh, you guys go to, at BOD hockey. I posted it there. Um, <laughs> uh, I know it's ridiculous. Uh, that NHL 22 is it's way too easy on franchise mode. Um, anyways, but yeah, Tristan, uh, let us know when you, when you see some good, uh, some good targets. Well, well, I think we should all take a peek and see what we could do in regards to finding a new number one lefty. Um, did, uh, I'll throw this out in the comments. Did, uh, did Giordano sign long-term with, uh, with Seattle? Cause that was the one I, uh, I think I cheated on too, was, uh, I think he was available, uh, in the video game. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head if he did sign long-term. Hey, NFL fans. Ready for a big win this week? Yeah. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. (laughs) Get it? Sports betting covered. New customers could bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet draftkings won't leave you empty handed everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with draftkings daily fantasy sports contest draftkings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit so where are you get over there download the draftkings sportsbook app now use promo code THP and bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. With promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook and an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Any whoozles, uh let's uh, let's move on here. There are some other points we got to talk about, right? Um, Dylan Larkin, Joseph. Um, there's never been a more deserving cold cock, I think, in in my life. Uh, <laughs> seriously, like like I'm a guy who watches hockey, and again, I, I brought this up earlier in the episode uh, when we were talking about the refs uh, holding back uh, the potential for gloves to hit the ice today for uh, Detroit against Vancouver. I think these guys are just, you know, rabid right now with uh, what happened in that first game. Uh, I it It's, uh, I guess, I guess where I'm lost right now is I, I want to start. Let's talk about how I said earlier, I'd be okay if there never was another fight in the NHL for the sake of these guys' brains. But when I see what happened to Dylan Larkin, And I know the lack of policing that seems to find itself in the justice category for the Detroit Red Wings. And I could honestly say that, I mean, I'm a Homer, right? But I I feel like I could honestly say that for my entire fandom Uh, as a Detroit Red Wings fan, I feel like we've always been fucked, but of course, that's probably every, that's every fan base, but you know, Dylan Larkin has the evidence and why he's so justified in going after Joseph is because he saw what happened last year. Just can can go unpoliced can just happen. And there's no backlash. There's no um, trust in player safety uh, that, that Dylan could have. And now he has two pieces of evidence. And uh, they also put out that bullshit statement of, you know, we understand Dylan's frustrated, but uh, you can't punch a guy in the head when he's skating away from you. I, you know, I I don't understand why they're they're called player safety, because the reason Dylan is doing that is because he knows he's got two huge pieces of evidence now that when his head and his neck is used as a toy by other NHL players, uh, there's no punishment. So what they taught Dylan was that he needs to retaliate himself. And it's because of the lack of action by player safety so i don't know i mean this feels like i mean this is certainly i'm gonna make a joke out of it so forgive me here but i mean this is this is batman creating the joker like this is player safety thinking they're doing the right thing and because of their own actions they've created dylan larkin who don't give a fuck anymore (laughs) and he's gonna lay guys out um uh, and I'll, I'll jump in here and let you guys, uh, here we go. Sorry. Uh, soap dish. I'll come right back to you. I didn't realize Tristan threw in there. Uh, Joseph is a loser. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't wait to read this. Always has been Tampa just realized they aren't going to win the cup this year. So that is. And then soap dish. Uh, I'm a huge Larkin fan. It's hard to blame him for hitting Joseph based on past experiences. You can't get kicked out of the game. That was just the turning point to me. Uh, I'll say this. I think if Larkin could do it all over again, he would not make the same decision. But I am, I mean, for this season, I I really don't, you know, it's not like we're sniffing playoff contender here. So for this season, that happens. This could be something at least, you know, to create the silver lining here. This could be the thing where Dylan starts to define himself as the guy you can't fuck around with. And um, at least somebody, as Tristan put it, fucking loser, but uh, all right, let's not go that far. Yeah. Why not? All right. Yeah. Fuck Matthew Joseph. Um, (laughs) when you've got a guy like that, that guy's not going to fuck around with Dylan Larkin anymore. Right. And if, or if, if he does, you know, now he knows he can't just run away because Dylan's Dylan's going to smash him in the back of the head. But, um, you know, I I guess the joking aside from that, I, I think there is that uh, need maybe for Dylan at this point uh, with the hits he's taking to start to define that. And I think it's goes beyond Dylan as well, that we probably need to see. And I think we're seeing it um, that develop as a part of the culture for the Red Wings. It's not, it's not that we want like a full team of uh, you know, Kachucks (laughs) that are just fucking around with everybody. It's not about being a dick, right? It's not about being like the Sean Avery that, face washes the goalie in the middle of a power play. It's just that the standing up for yourself and trying to get, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we see where the Red Wings, I mean, I, I guess I've even labeled it myself as being chippy, but a lot of it is it's, it's the retaliation because they're getting sick of getting pushed around. And, the, and, and you can see the camaraderie with these guys. There's a fantastic picture. Uh, I tweeted out uh, earlier of Bertuzzi, Fabry, and Lucas Raymond laughing at the Vancouver bench. And um, I'm pretty sure that was right after the goal was disallowed and Vancouver was done celebrating. That picture says to me, like, the relationship these guys are building right now and the camaraderie. And I think with, all, with how I, that, that bond is getting so strong, and Mark Stahl mentioned it too in the post game where uh, he said this is you know, one of the more fun locker rooms he's been a part of. And think about how many years Mark Stahl has in, uh, under his belt at, at this point. He can still make that comment. Um, and he also probably has some idea of how the season's going to turn out in regards to the standings. So he's got all that wrapped in his head, and he's like, fuck, this is fun. But that picture, again, I want you guys to go find that. Um, maybe uh, You know what? Let me see if I can pull it up here. I, I apologize, but I'll, I'll keep rambling while I try and find this picture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it it to me is telling me that these guys are are just done with taking this shit um and i uh here we go i i want i want this picture I'm, I'm showing you guys to help tell this story of of where i'm coming from and what you know what the changes could mean um you know for an identity for this team uh yeah i think i could just pull that up like that it's just it, it's so much fun to look at this thing um the way that I mean even Lucas just kind of looks like in the back right corner it looks like he just wants to get involved like he's not really laughing as hard as Tyler Bertuzzi and Robbie Fabry but he just wants to be involved because he knows that those two guys are just being dicks <laughs> And I mean those are his line mates so he, he wants to play along um so so for me like this is this is it, right? This is where we're changing that culture, and if if we're gonna start defining the identity or changing the identity, I, I'm cool with part of it being attached to Dylan Larkin saying enough is enough, and now these guys. I I mean, are we really picking the fights, or is it is it us retaliating after some more bullshit? So I, I that's I guess that's where I'm. Uh, I'm happy that this is happening. I'm happy that I actually tweeted out today are we getting a new bad boys of Detroit? (laughs) Like that's probably going too far, but isn't it fun that you can tweet that out for fun? Like, isn't that cool? Like we're at that point. We get to watch this. Um, Now, um, soap dish. Also, you threw out there. You shouldn't have to uh, do that. Uh, that punch either. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, and that's from a perspective of, um, I don't know if you don't want the captain to do it or if you don't like, it shouldn't be at that point because the refs should be policing the game properly. Um But he, I mean, either way, those, those, the, I mean, that that's a fantastic point. Um Yeah. Feftar, we got to go back time to reminisce. Joseph is lucky. He doesn't play in an era with someone like Joey Koser. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh <laughs> that'd be the end. Uh, there wouldn't be a Joseph. He probably with the shitty pulls wouldn't have even made it to this game. Um, oh my gosh, Tristan. Yes. Uh, the bag tag on cider. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw, and I, I like that you're putting it too. Uh, uh, it was, uh, Ekman Larson who, uh, bag tag. <laughs> that hurt for me to read that. Cause I was, uh, I heard it earlier as, as just the cup shot. So the bag tag is fuck that hurts. That hurts me to read that. Uh, I like that you put that as the welcome to the NHL moment, but yeah, that, that shit. So that's the kind of shit I feel like needs these three guys, like this mentality, the fuck this bullshit kind of mentality. We're going to fight back. Like that's where this needs to come from with, uh, with these three guys laughing at Vancouver, and the camaraderie that's being built. Uh, cause what, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like get, get out, literally get off cider's nuts and <laughs> let them play hockey. Uh, I, that kind of stuff, man, that, that, that shit drives me crazy. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let me keep rolling down here on the comments. Uh, Oh yeah, of course, Proby, another one, uh, Tristan thrown out there with, uh, with Joey koser. um, uh, when your captain gets run at, no one fights that worries me. uh same thing in Dallas last year i uh oh yeah runs our captain I gotcha um I'm still gonna say I think that whole game turned into like this fiery energy um that i I thought you could you could feel it from the ice like it it just felt like those guys wanted to kick the shit out of Tampa. I just think it, it it's two games in a row where the refs were trying to stifle any opportunity of uh you know going that that could just be it could have just been a full game of fisticuffs flying uh tonight yesterday as our top forwards keep getting taken down uh, by some nasty uh hits but i i'm i'm gonna side with the refs being at fault with that because what i saw was i mean it, it looked like they were giving they were trying to retaliate I mean, think about tonight. How many times did Haronic try and get a, a fight going with uh, with Garland? And it just was not happening. Uh, I mean, heronic looked like he was tethered to him at some point. And uh, you know, the other Vancouver Canucks uh players were pushing him aside. Then the refs just started blocking Garland so he couldn't get off the uh get off the glass. So that's that's to me, I, I'm gonna say my frustration's there because these guys are getting so pissed and fed up with this shit that I I'm going to say, and I, I, if Hironic heard this, I wonder, I hope it wouldn't offend him, but I'm going to say even a guy like Philip Hironic is ready to throw down. And I, I, I think that's an accurate way to put it, but, um, yeah, I, I'd say, I'd say, let's just, let's just hope that, you know, some messages are delivered and, uh, by March 26th, which uh, I thought was cool. I don't know if you guys caught this. I saw it mentioned on Twitter. March 26th is the next time Tampa is in Detroit, which would be uh, another anniversary of Fight Night at at the Joe. So uh, we could be looking at Fight Night at uh, the LCA. So uh, you guys better check SeatGeek now for those tickets because when uh, that story starts spreading around on the paper and ESPN, and uh, they're trying to sell these hockey games and make sure people are tuning in. That's going to be a hard ticket to get. I I, I can guarantee it. Um, yeah, here's uh, Tristan's coming in. Um, they try to fight. Fucking, I'm thinking that's where Tristan was going with the effing. Fucking ref, stop it. Uh, they don't make calls yet. They expect the players uh, to not fight after awful hits from behind. They are garbage. Yes, absolutely. Even the linesmen are shot with the lousy icings. Um, all right. So soap, soap dish coming in. If you want to fight bad enough, you can, I, I, I know what you're saying. I just think at, at some point w- when you're fighting through the referees who are, you know, and I'm, I don't know, I'm probably too close to the camera, but when they're doing one of these after every whistle on Garland, at some point, you're going to have to punch a ref out to get to them. So I think they, they were preventing a fight and I don't, I don't know if that's one of those things where they're just like, I just want to get out of here. If we do another fight, it's going to be another 10 minutes before we get the puck trapped again. Um, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, like, just come at them, uh, you know, during, during the play and then it's not, then it's not an issue. You don't have to worry about the refs getting in the way, but that, I'll tell you this, it was some of the hardest work I've seen from, from, a. uh, i guess a team of officials to make sure there wasn't a fight in this game probably harder work than i've seen in preventing you know maybe player injuries uh, because of dirty hits i it was the hardest work i've seen by a team of officials um in a very long time I'll, i'll put it that way um Oh, Tristan! Thanks for the heads up on that Tampa game. I'll be there. Yeah, I, I there's a there's a couple of dudes on on Twitter that uh, brought that to my attention. I think uh, I think I absolutely have to go to that game. Um, I already got to ask uh, the wife for permission. So, <laughs> all right. So we've been talking. I've been rambling for forty five minutes. Thank you so much for throwing in uh, comments. I, I got to check out my notes here and make sure I'm not missing anything that I wanted to talk about. Um. You know, if we do, too, like, we didn't really talk too much about Nedeljkovic. Um, all I did was mention what his uh, goals saved above expected was and how far into the negative it was. I, I, I would say for anybody that's too nervous about that, and there's a couple of folks who are uh, pretty close to the old bloodline, uh, for me, that uh, may, maybe have said as much. I, I, I think absolutely one game is too small of a sample size. But, uh, I mean, go back to that first period. Still looking good. I, I just think this was something if you're gonna compare the games of, of Gryson and Delkovich and not do it the way I did, which was me just saying, Look how amazing this number is. Because here's what Nadelkovich's numbers and look at Vasilevsky's numbers in that first game, too. He was like a minus uh 1.6. Vasilevsky. So again, are we gonna sit there and say Vasilevsky sucks? No, we're not. So I, I'm just all of this to compare Grice with Nedeljkovic in those their first two games of the season is just to say, look how amazing this Grice number is. But if you want to talk about like actual play and goaltending, um, I, I I didn't really see much from Nedeljkovic besides the fact that it gives me fucking heart attack with playing the puck as much as he does, and I've just got to get used to it. It's nothing on Alex. He does a good job, and of course uh, we had at the end of the game where stall. If you hadn't seen it you can go back and watch the replay, but uh, that Tampa game ends with stall calling, uh, calling off Ned and, uh, and the puck ends up in the back of the net. It, uh hard to watch, hard to watch that replay and see Ned get called off that puck. Um, and it, it might be something too, where maybe uh, maybe stall has a heart attack every, <laughs> every time that he touches the puck, but uh, you know, you got to trust your goaltender on that stuff. I think, um, I think that's your quarterback when the puck goes back there. And if he wants to play it, I I think you're just asking for trouble when you call him off, which um, probably what's funny is I I talk very highly about uh, Lindstrom and I think he's dragging stall up and down the ice. Um, I, I like stalls words. I like the way he talks about these youngsters on the team I think he he probably is a great presence in the locker room as this with this defensive core right now, but man, that is a guy that when you replace him, this defense is going to look so much better because of the huge minus. I think he adds to this defense, if that makes sense. And replacing him with anybody will be a positive. Um, If it's not the miscommunications on the ice, it really is just the poor decisions. Um, I mean, when you're when you're talking about watching Lindstrom play, and you can see the exact opposite when it comes to making the choice of when to be aggressive, and you see the veteran <laughs> Mark Stahl make the wrong choice, it's it's hard. Um, I Tristan's got it. I'd be happy if we play Stahl once every three games. Yeah, I'm I'm aboard with that. Um, uh, somebody is. Uh, uh, so who do what do we have? We have uh, Osterley would be our other left defenseman that could take over for Stall, right? Um, somebody could throw you know that correction in the comments because I I know we we play Stetcher on the right side, so uh, that that's our best option. You got to believe if the mistakes keep coming for Stall, they're just going to treat it as like, well, he's old, he needs a breather, so he'll be coming out for a couple of games, and uh, you know, Osterley if he can play pretty good. <laughs> Then hopefully we'll go to that one to every three games. Um, All right. So we got the Ned stuff out of the way, took a dump on stall. We went over our top performing analytic player so far, which is Gustav Lindstrom. Um, You know, nothing to sneeze at either. Lucas, uh, Lucas Raven start. I, I think the eyeball test looks like he's, he's, struggling he's had some pops he's had some flashes he's actually having the start I thought we would see in the preseason uh, right now uh, and that just could be because of how high the competition level elevated from uh, what he saw in the preseason to I mean hell jumping into a game with the Tampa Bay Lightning but all that being said Lucas Raymond Still at the top of the list for expected goals, four per 60. He's, he's number three for expected goals, four percentage. So he's bringing more to the ice than he's giving up from a five on five perspective. And he's still playing pretty good on the power plays. So that's, I mean, that's a solid forward right there. You, you, you've got him playing uh, multiple facets of your game. He's not holding anybody up who, you know, if somebody absolutely had to play on the power play, um and Lucas wasn't where you're just saying well what you know what are we doing here we could put somebody else that could play you know penalty kill minutes or something like that no there's there's special team there's special team minutes obviously first line minutes are are going to be the most important thing uh for the Detroit Red Wings right now so we still playing solid first line minutes and and he's playing up against you know top defensive pairings on the other team so i mean to say that he's walking away with the third best uh, and of course, you know, second best is Dylan Larkin, but the third best expected goals for a percentage right now after two games. That's, that's, hard. That, that's fantastic for a rookie. Like, and, and to think how, how young Lucas is right now. um, And, to, you know, the second, second fucking NHL game guys turning in, <laughs> turning in minutes like this on five on five. And he just finished playing the defending Stanley Cup champions a game ago. Jesus, um, oh my God, Tristan, thank you. Uh, Mitchell Stevens is a godsend. The man is so fast, so good defensively. I think he can be the Ajo type player, uh, mind you, in a much uh, smaller capacity. And I think if um, if I pull this up here, let's do this. Uh, you get you get high marks again, Tristan. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pull up where your head's at. Um, again, from natural stat trick, highly recommend guys. You don't have to do any subscriptions like for evolving hockey, but of course I'm a big dumb, dumb. So I have evolving hockey too, but, uh, there you go. Um, I'm going to highlight Mitchell Stevens there at the top, your expected goals against per 60 leader for the team. Of course, number two being Gustav Lindstrom, but number one, Mitchell Stevens. Now Mitchell Stevens also has a very low expected goals for per 60. But of course, what is his role on the team? He's going to be doing a lot of faceoffs from the defensive side. So he's not going out there to do your offensive zone faceoff. So he's going to be starting in a deficit. So what does this tell you? If he's starting in a deficit and is the uh cuz I'll tell you the what you could uh look at from last season. You know who is our our worst expected goals against per 60 forward? Luke Landening. And we always made the excuse that he was starting in the defensive zone because of what his role was. There's an upgrade, (laughs) right? I mean, is that not an upgrade, Tristan? If you want to use that as ammunition when you're uh, having arguments on Reddit about whether or not Mitchell Stevens is worth it, there you go. I mean, this is a guy that clearly, if he's starting in a deficit, and what I mean again is that he's starting in the defensive zone, uh, you would assume that this number would be much higher. His minutes should be much higher than other guys on the team because of what his role is. And he gets the puck out of the goddamn zone. And of course, I mean, this, you know, this goes for his whole line, but, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's been a success. Let's, let's just put it that way for two games. It's been successful, I should say. Um, and is this, uh, Tristan thrown out there too. He did get some four on four time with Sedina and uh and look sharp i mean yeah like this is something too i think the the opportunities will continue to come as he uh let's say does pretty well in what the role he's being asked to do like as long as this keeps going in this direction like i I, i'll point out right here this expected goals for percentage mitch is not on the team to score goals for us now that might sound silly but part of that goes along with what he's asked to do and what the strategy is. So he's he's not necessarily out there in those positions where he's going to start or or have a better opportunity to score. Um, and he will have a tougher assignment um, from a defensive perspective as well. So i'm not I'm not gonna judge Mitchell Stevens on an expected goals for percentage uh, too often this season, but I absolutely will continue to look at this expected goals against per 60 and continue to say, that this man, his job is to stop pucks from going in the net. And what is, I mean, what would be the number one statistic then to measure a guy on is that if there's a statistic that measures shot quality, which is our expected goals against slash expected goals for, and he's got your lowest number on the team. Well, what else could you ask for? Yeah. Mitchell Stevens, a plus all the way, especially what was it? Uh Tristan fifth or sixth round that we got him for. Um, <laughs> Justin, uh last night I had a nightmare. I remembered uh, Justin Abdulcator in 2019, 20. I you know what? I I saw, you know, Facebook tells you what you said like uh 15 years ago or something. Uh, but I had one in the last 10 years where I was just so pissed that Justin Abdulcator was getting so much praise from uh, I think it was either Ken Daniels or Mickey Redmond. and I was like, no pull the curtain back. It's, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's not just an applicator. And, uh, you know, fast forward a few years and, uh, all the smoke dissipated, the mirrors cracked and standing there was, you know, I mean, a solid human being. Um, he had a pretty nice, uh, I think letter in the player tribune when he, when he left hockey. And, uh, that made me feel pretty bad about all the mean things I had said, but, uh, you know, uh, didn't necessarily improve us too much. I'll, I'll be nice, I'll put it that way. I'll politic about that. Um, oh, thanks, Tristan. The Mitchell Stevens was uh, was the sixth round pick. Um, all right, so yeah, I think we got everybody out of the way that we needed to mention. Um, oh, t- what the fuck am I talking about? Tyler fucking Bertru- Bertuzzi, god damn, guess I mean, we need more unvaccinated players, that's all there is to it. It's no, I'm kidding. Um I'm, I'm sorry, I uh, Tyler. I mean, this is this is something for me that uh, I just like those four goals uh, against Tampa. I mean, this this was something that in our preview for the Tampa game, we were asked uh, about Tyler potentially slowing or yeah, if 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 his time away was going to slow down the Red Wings, and I said it was surely a possibility. So I'm I'm gonna steal. From Darren McCarty, who's actually talking about Dylan Larkin at the time, but that four goals doesn't need to just mean four goals. What that gets to mean for us as Red Wings fans and for Jeff Blashill is that uh, Tyler's not going to be the guy we need to worry about. I mean, those four goals look like Tyler Bertuzzi goals. Am I right? Um, you know, we we came into the season and um, we we had our our, our Points per 60 liter on the power play last season was Tyler by a mile. And uh oh yeah, a lot of that goes into you cut your sample size lower. There's a better chance that when you have one or two points, it's gonna look a lot better. Um, stretch that over 50 games, it looks like shit. But you put it in nine games, looks pretty good. Uh but anyway, <laughs> uh to continue that conversation about Tyler. I, I just thought like that was one of the guys that was gonna make this team look a little bit better. Now, clearly, you know, I'd love to have Larkin and Verona back right now. And as we started the episode, we have that, that fun conversation of, oh, my God, if those guys come back, what are we going to look like? Um, but, yeah, Tyler Tyler just looked like Tyler Bertuzzi. So, again, to steal from Darren McCarty and, and uh, Dylan Larkin's goal, meaning that Dylan's good to go for this year. I think Tyler Bertuzzi's four goals, you know, that's a lot, clearly. Uh, it's an understatement, if anything. But uh, those four goals mean we're good to go on Tyler. Like fucking light it up, my man. <laughs> get get those games in. Keep him away from Canada, but in uh, the U.S. <laughs> and probably not New York, but uh, the U.S. Light it light it up, man. Um, good on you know, good on Tyler too because you know we're guilty of it. A lot of people um, kind of put the spotlight on him, and uh, he definitely could have shied away. He definitely could have had a terrible game, and we could be sitting here going. Part of the reason is because he's, he's had a huge spotlight on him and he, you know, we've, the media podcasters have, uh, have kind of made him a distraction and then we could have just gone, well, there it is. That's why he's struggling. But instead, um, yeah, he, I mean, he continued to produce tonight as well. And, uh, you know, there, there's not much else to say when a guy's just playing his nuts off, but, uh, You know, we hope he reattaches them and uh, is ready to go for our next game, which uh, I think we're up against Columbus next, who uh, took down the Kraken tonight. Uh, Columbus is is 2-0, so we're going to be facing the undefeated Columbus Blue Jackets. They got the uh, uh, overtime win from uh, Patrick Line. I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite things I saw tonight was Sider pulling up the – he had uh, the tablet right after he he had a bad mistake uh, on the ice for the wings today, makes a mistake, sits on the bench, camera catches him. They're not even looking at him. I think they're looking at Fabry or somebody, but you see Sider in the background, not even talking to anybody. He's just replaying. You see him scrolling back, keeps replaying the same video over and over. He's watching himself play. He, he's trying to figure out what, uh, you know, what he did wrong. And, um, you know, going into the regular season, Sider brought up uh, the line A goal and, I just want to see, I can't wait for this game from that, you know, the idea where Tristan and I are like, all right, we're both, we're both signed up for March 26th when Tampa comes back and it's the anniversary of fight night at the Joe. Now it'll be fight night at LCA, right? So we're ready to go for that. I'm stoked to see Cider (laughs) absolutely lock down line A. Uh, in this game, I, I think that is your spotlight for the entire game. I think Cider, the way that he has talked about his own game, the maturity he carries carries himself with. I mean, that's going to be if you're not excited about that. I, I, I mean, I hate to be the gatekeeper for hockey, but you know, from that perspective again, of like fights are exciting, goals are exciting. But if you're not excited to see how Cider has changed his game or just how locked in he's going to be on line a, uh, come Tuesday. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just praying that, uh, me gushing about it is going to get you juiced about it too. Um, <laughs> Tristan. Oh yeah. Cider is a mature man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Like seriously, this this is this is going to be fun to watch, and and you know it's, it's it's exciting because certainly it could turn the other way, right? Like this could be something that that goal meant nothing to Line a. Um, he's just going to keep rolling, and I mean, if we judge him on the preseason and then what he did uh, against Seattle tonight, Line a looks like Line a from a couple of years ago. <laughs> so he looks dialed in so far. So he could just roll right through. Uh, skate past cider and when he's asked about it later he'll go oh, i wasn't even aware that he was playing um you know and i mean that you know he'd say that in kind of like a dickish way but um yeah it, it could be something where he's just he just completely takes away the drama out of it and he's just playing lights out but what i'm guessing what i'm predicting we're going to see is the exact opposite and cider is going to be so beside himself um with uh, with what happened in that game and how he brought it up himself in the uh, regular season press conference, how I see him after making a mistake on that tablet on the bench. Uh, Just, I mean, you, you got to think he doesn't even look angry. He's just a robot about it. And if he can see where the mistake was made, like, it's almost like you trust him at that point. Like, Oh my God, he's never going to, he's never going to do that again. And we're, you know, after an 82 game season, he's going to have 82 games of mistakes that he's never going to make again. And we're going to have, another perfect human on the blue line, uh, for the wing ding. So yeah, t- keep an eye out for that. Um, I think, uh, if I take a look at the advanced, uh, analytics for uh ye old Columbus blue jackets, I think what I saw earlier today, um, who is their top, uh, Oh yeah. Ruslovich uh, playing their best. But if you take a look at the entire team from uh, the advanced analytics perspective, they're actually on the lower end in regards to giving up chances. So they're two and O, but um, from a five on five perspective, they, they are getting out chanced, Like it, it is going in the other direction. Uh, so that, that might be something with, I think all the, I, I don't want to say all the success, but uh, we've seen a good deal of success for the wingdings so far on a five on five perspective. And, after two periods, um, you know we've we've had the likes of Cider absolutely dominate. It's just things seem to start going against uh, Cider and uh, and the Red Wings on that third period. So a couple of things to look out for then uh, that Cider and line a matchup. But uh, number number two, I think after two games here, uh, we want to see that third game kind of go in the other direction uh, when it comes to chances, when it comes to attempts. Uh, We don't want to see another 20 shot differential. Um, I I tweeted out in that first game when it was 20 to 20 in shots, that was me saying, oh my gosh, we caught up. And I don't think we got another shot until Tampa had taken 12 or 14 more shots. So, so it is, it is one of those things. Uh, I certainly jinxed the fuck out of us, but um, yeah, for this next game, I want to see improvements like that. I want to see us not just get completely lunched in the third period from a chance perspective, because you're not going to get Grice like this every game. Uh, We got Grice like this for the second half of last season, but um, you know, it's just, it could get really ugly and we could be looking at a huge goal differential again, like we did a couple of years ago where it looked like we were going to break a fucking record before uh, COVID ended the season. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, and then uh, another big thing, too, I think, uh, who's going to be coming off the ice first in the uh, morning skate on Tuesday? Uh, does Grice get another game after this one? Or do we go right back to Ned? Because I, I did say one of my big uh, crazy off the wall predictions this year is that the season was going to end and Grice was going to have 60% of the game. So I'm keeping an eye out for that as well. Um, all right. Oh, one last thing too. Uh, I, I see, uh, oh, I thought this was uh Yonatan Berger mentioned uh, by Tristan, but, uh, yeah, go check out uh, what the Griffins have been doing. Um, <laughs> kicking the shit out of, uh, I think it was Rockford, uh, yesterday. I, I'm not sure what the final score was, uh, tonight, but I saw some tweets about, uh, Valeno scoring again, uh, possibly two goals I think tonight, but, yeah, that uh, I think we all predicted that the Griffins would be fun to watch. Uh, you've got so many NHL-, NHL caliber players, whether or not they're ready to go. Uh, but a lot of NHL caliber players on that team. It's uh, that's gonna be fun to watch. All right, um, I'm at an hour. I actually told myself I'd only go for like twenty minutes. So, uh, oh my God, yeah, Tristan, thank you. Uh, Bergen driving, uh, to Grand Rapids, Ohio. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. If you guys didn't hear about that, uh, Bergen got to Grand Rapids, Ohio and, uh, or is it just, it's still, so it's funny. I saw the story. It said GR Ohio. And then Tristan said GR Ohio. Is it actually GR Ohio? Or is, is, is there Grand Rapids, Ohio? Cause I want to make sure I don't get that story wrong. He gets there and he's like, what the fuck? This is just farmland. I was told that this was a huge major city in Michigan. And went to the wrong fucking state, dude. (laughs) Poor Bergman. All right. Um, Yeah, we got to go back and see what the measurement was on hockey smarts. Because, you know, GPS, we got to teach them how to use one of those. All right. Uh, (laughs) Let's. uh, All right. Thanks, Tristan. That actually is Grand Rapids, Ohio. All right. Let's uh, let's sail off into the sunset. Uh, Like I said. Columbus coming up on Tuesday. Uh, we should have a guest actually for uh, the Wednesday episode, or we'll, we'll actually recap that game against the blue jackets and, uh, and then, uh, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep sailing on from there. So I hope you guys all enjoyed, uh, this game tonight. Um, certainly Grice did, uh, mm-hmm. our <laughs> expected goals against, uh, did not enjoy the game. Neither did, uh, <laughs> attempts against us. I don't know why I'm talking about that. Just getting human qualities to statistics. Um, yeah uh thanks for tuning in like i said we'll have another episode uh, coming up on uh wednesday night all right so we will see you guys then thanks for tuning in have a good one